We are in this beautiful, beautiful series looking through the book of Luke. And now we're moving into chapter 2. As Pastor Andrew mentioned to the, at the beginning, this is a year and a half journey that we are going to have together. There's no better uh, way to do this. This is the most exciting way for us as a church to come together, build our foundation upon the Word of God. Because the Word of God stands alone. How many of you say amen to that? It has, it, it has power, wonder-working power. And so we're going to go into the book of Luke chapter two want to welcome everyone those of you watching youtube facebook those of you who are in our podcast listening if you have not subscribed to our podcast or to our youtube channel please do so please do so the more subscribers the more the podcast get gets uh, um, uh, circled around social media and all of the platforms the more youtube uh, is able to put the message of jesus christ out there for others to see none of what we do is to get our own glory somebody say amen nothing that we do we're not putting our name on this. This is all for the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. And if you agree with that statement, say aloud, amen, amen, amen. All right, so please do so subscribe and share with someone. It's so easy now with our phones just to simply click that share button and give it to someone, especially, especially when we are going through the books of the Bible. We went through the book of Acts. We went through uh, the, uh, the now we're going through the book of, of Luke. And so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. So today I have a great introduction to the chapter two. We are crescendoing, we are growing, and we are anticipating. There is this, there is inside of all of us, there is this anticipation for next Sunday, which is uh, Christmas Eve, the 24th, the, uh, the, the, the day before Christmas, when Christ has uh, came into this world as a baby born in a manger. But what we wanted to do is we want to make sure that we have a solid foundation so that no one, no one, no one can uh, can sway us left and right, but we will stand on God's word. Because the question is, if, 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 if Jesus is Emmanuel with us, do we truly believe it? Look at your neighbor and tell him, do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you truly believe? Believe it. Church, I don't know how many times we have read the scripture. I've been born again. I've been a a believer. I've been, you know, part of this church for many years, many, many years. And so many years, Luke chapter two has been has been read. As a matter of fact, I can go back in the archives and there's been different people. How many of you just 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 wonder how many of you you were the narrator who read Luke chapter two at a Christmas program of somewhere? Let me see. Raise your hand real quick. There was there's 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 one. Thank you. There's two, three. Thank you. Thank you. There's a couple more there. Yeah. Thank you so much. I remember Jose, you were one of them as well. If not, well, it was a different Jose. All right. But there was, there was there, 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 you, you were a part of all of this. We've read this over and over, but I promise you that you probably have not heard what we're going to talk about today because I didn't. This is just through searching and through looking. And I'm just in awe of God's word, even just starting from the very first verse in chapter two. There's so much to unpack. There's so much to peel. And this, who who is this message for? This message is for people today that you're wondering, God, are you still in control? 
Who's, who, who, for who is this message? This is for people who are today saying, God, are you watching what is happening in my life? Because I feel that you're not. Who, who is this message for? God, look at the world. What is going on? Are you in control? And the answer, church, is yes. God is in control. If he promised it, he will see to it that it comes to pass. Oh, somebody say amen here this morning. If he has told you so, then it is done. His word would never return. What is it the Bible said? His word would never return. What church? Void. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain the same. It will not pass away. It's still powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago, as if it was thousands of years before that. God's word remains the same. So who is this message for? Those of you listening, those of you watching, this is for you. Because many of us in 2023, we have asked that question, God, are you, are you still in control? You look around and you think, God, where are you? Or, or you get the news of something that is happening in your family. You say, God, are you watching? Are you listening? Are you there? I want to tell you that God is in control everything words for good for those who trust in him today i want us to learn that when things get muddy because things are going to get muddy as a matter of fact one of the reasons why a lot of people get stressed during the holidays is because of the situation in their families who's going to spend with who who's going to get what who is going to be there who is not going to be there there's all of these things are happening when it gets muddy our trust is never in the power of men or women or men and women in power. Our trust is always in Jesus Christ. And if you believe that, say amen. I want you to notice as we read through Luke chapter 2, I want you to notice a lot of similarities of what is happening today in 2023. I want you to notice that. As a matter of fact, those will be taking notes. I want you to start underlining, highlighting, hey, this is exactly what we're going through right now. This is exactly what we're facing even today. It's very interesting. Very interesting. You know, soon we will be very consumed if we are not already with politics because elections are coming up. And things soon, everything you're going to see around. And I want the church to know that our trust is never in anyone in power. Our trust is in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of respect and prayers for those that are in power and in government and those that are our officials, we are, as a matter of fact, we are commanded to pray for them. And we do. We pray for them. But our trust is always in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ. And, and God had a promise and he wanted this promise and he, and he wanted this promise to be fulfilled. So this is you don't have to turn there. You stay in Luke. But I'm going to go to Micah. This is a, a, a scripture, uh, a book from the Old Testament. I'm going to go to Micah chapter five, verse two. This is a promise that was that was prophesied years before Jesus Christ, hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came into the picture or into this earth. Jesus has always been. He's always is. He was there from the very foundation of the world. I want you to know that as I was listening to a podcast, that was very clear. And I want to make sure that it's very clear. Jesus existence did not start at Bethlehem and in, 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 uh, in the small city of Bethlehem. No, Jesus was there from the very beginning. From the very beginning, he just showed up as a man. 
here in chapter 2 of Luke. But, church, look at the prophecy in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, uh, Bethlehem, uh, Ephrath, through you are... Through you are small, though, excuse me, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old. Everything that's been prophesied and professed and, 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 and prophesied and promised from ancient times. So the question is, how can this happen? How can this from this small town of Bethlehem, how can from this very small, from everywhere else in Judah, from the clan of Judah, how can this promise take place? How can this promise come to pass? And this is how. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. This is the world that Jesus was born to. Okay, so in the back of your mind, I want you to keep that promise. How did, did that promise come to pass? How will God fulfill his promise that from the city of Bethlehem, the Savior will be born? So how did all of that happen? This is a world that Jesus came from. Verse 1, this is chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus, those of you who have a highlighter or a pen, underline that. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Remember, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Jonathan already laid out that Luke, uh, as a physician, he looked at details. He questioned a lot. He, 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 he wrote a lot of things down to make sure that we could c call this a, a, a valid and validate all of these uh, scriptures, which we can. We can go back and see that all of this took place. Here he's given us a detail that in 2023 we can go back and see it that it really was. As a matter of fact, here's a picture of what that Roman world he's talking about that, that the Caesar Augustus issued this decree. So as you can see, as I step out of the way here for a second, as you can see, this is what's current Italy and, 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 and all of those areas. And around all of that church, as you can see all around the dotted lines, this is all of the Roman Empire during Christ during the time of Jesus Christ. So you can see some of the places where uh, it's known for. But this is all that Caesar Augustus had um, uh, control over. And we're going to talk about this little spot, this little peninsula here in a little bit. Uh, so just keep that in mind because all of this is, is, is there are things that we can go back and, 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 and say, yeah, this is exactly what happened. And how many Decembers, church, how many times have we read through Luke chapter 1, excuse me, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, and we just skip right over? We just skip right through through the next verse. But church, there's so much to unpack in the Word of God in here that I want us to just, let's peel it layer by layer here together. Because I want you to know, again, who is this message for? It's for that person here listening this morning who's saying, God, where are you? Are you still in control of my life? Because it looks like everything is falling apart. Church, God is in control. He has everything. He moves every piece. You just have to, have to step back and notice what God is doing. He is at, somebody say he is at work in me. Come on. He is at work in me. 
And God wants to speak to you through his word. See, Luke clearly tells us that he recorded actual historical facts, real events. This is things that truly, Luke did not start once upon a time. No, tell your neighbor, this is real. This is, as a matter of fact, some of you, your Bible version says, and it came to pass. NIV just simply starts what in those days. But some of your Bible version says, and it came to pass. There are things that are not, they're not fantasies. They're not stories of Zeus and Apollos and any other gods. No, church, this is 100,000% real. And we can go back and search it all. Amen to that. I keep going back. Emmanuel, God with us. But do you believe it? Do you believe it? To any young person here, you study all of these things. And, and, and a lot of times you walk away. There's people who walk away from the faith because there's no quote unquote facts. Luke is giving them to us right here. This is real. Luke recorded it all. How can we get a couple named, named uh, uh, Mary and Joseph? How can we get a couple named Mary and Joseph to travel from Nazareth 80 miles to come to Bethlehem to have the Savior of the world born in a manger and thus fulfill the promise that God made in Micah chapter 2? How do we get that? Well, Caesar Augustus issues a decree. And now how did all of this happen? See, the story of Jesus began during the reign of one of the most interesting men in ancient history. Let me give you some, some, some historical facts about, about, uh, about Caesar Augustus and why this character is important and about why did Luke mention him by name? See, I'm talking to the person that's saying, but God, why are things happening the way they are? Church, God is at work. Let him fulfill the promise that he has made for you and me. You just got to step out of the way and say, God, I trust in you. God, I trust in your process. Because here we see that all of this. Okay, watch. Let's let's just keep going. Let, let, take a look at it. This, this is Caesar Augustus. You can go back and search him. This, this, this is who he is. Uh, um, Caesar Augustus was born with the name Octavian. Named after his father. His grandmother was the sister, you might know this character, to the uh, sister of Julius Caesar. And being a talented young man, Octavian came to the attention of his great uncle. As a matter of fact, Julius Caesar eventually adopted Octavian as his own son. And he made him his personal, his official Heir. In other words, when I die, you would have control of it all. This was in the year 45 before Christ. You can look it up. So within that year, Julius Caesar dies. He is actually murder. And Octavian joined two other characters that you can also look up. Mark Anthony and uh, Lepidus, if I'm pronouncing that right. And, 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 and they split this Roman Empire into three ways. So you can see the three musketeers right here behind me. These are here. These are it right here. 
Now, for decades, now we're going somewhere, church. We're going somewhere. Okay, again, who is this message for? It's for all of you who look back and say, God, look at what you have brought me through. There's a reason and a purpose for everything that happens in life because there's a promise that God wants to fulfill. You just got to trust the process, church. All of this. Okay, so these three guys, all right, the whole Mediterranean world was filled because of these three guys of wars, the, the, these three, uh, these three guys were called the triumvirate. And because of them three, it became even far worse. There's a, the stories say that, 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 that years of bloody, brutal fighting, uh, fighting for what? Power and money in Rome and all its provinces. Octavian and Anthony soon push Lepidus out of the picture. They, 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 they teamed up and they moved him away. Even though Octavian's uh, sister Mary Anthony, for 13 years, these two guys hated each other. They were rivals during that time. It's as if Jonathan and I were enemies because I, I, I married Jonathan's sister, so we're still, even though we're family, there's still drama going on. Doesn't that sound like 2023? Drama in every family. Uh, my goodness gracious, as Pastor Bellino says. So much drama in family. And all is the root of wanting power. And money will do whatever it takes to get those two. Isn't that like 2023? For a year, for a year, their huge armies assemble and position themselves. I'm going to look, look at this. Anthony, with the help of another real life character, Cleopatra, brought 500 warships, 100,000 foot soldiers and 12,000 cavalry. So you're, they're, they're, they're just playing this, the, this game of I'm going to take over. You're going to take, I'm going to take over. Okay. Well, you bring that. Look at what Octavian brought. He brought 400 warships, 80,000 infantry and 12,000. Here's a picture of what that war actually looked like. That war is called the Battle of Actium. This was there in that peninsula that I mentioned earlier, church. And because Octavian was bright and smart, he had a better strategy and a more mobile ships and he defeated the forces of Anthony and Queen Cleopatra uh, of Egypt. And because of that victory, Octavian became the sole ruler of the Roman world. Dun, dun, dun. Church, everything happens for a purpose and a reason in our lives. You got to stop asking why, God. And instead, you need to say, what, God? What are you doing that I need to learn from this? What is it that you are walking me through? Because church, though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, what does the scripture say? We will fear no evil because he's with us. He is Emmanuel. God with us. Oh, I hope you're getting this, church, because this is not a coincidence. This is God at work in your life and in my life. I don't know how many times I asked God, God, why did you bring me? I don't know how many times I asked God, God, why did you bring me out of San Luis Potosí? 
God, why did my mom move over? But now that I step back, I say, God, you had a plan. God, you had a promise. Because of my mom moving to the United States, she found Jesus. And because of that, she went back to Mexico and she, and she shared the gospel to everyone in our family. You think that would have happened if she went and moved? No, church, you got to start thinking about God. What are you doing that I need to just step back and watch you move? These plans are better than mine. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Did you think that all of this was a coincidence? No. God had a promise in Micah chapter 5. From Nazareth, there's going to be a Savior that will rule all of Israel. So Octavian becomes a sole ruler of Roman world. And he receives a title, Caesar Augustus. So for decades, church, for decades in this city where Jesus would be born, this Mediterranean basin, uh, there was wars, destruction, brutality and morality. You can just imagine how much people suffered. Uh, this is the, 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 the peninsula that I was telling you. This is a little bit of a closer look so you can see kind of the battles and the, and, and the positions of each of the, uh, of the different, uh, sides of it. And this is what one commentator describes. It says the, the lusty peninsula, which is right behind me, was worn out of 20 years of civil war. Their family church, <laughs> Anthony, And Octavian, they're brothers-in-law, they're family. I mean, they're fighting against each other, but on Christmas, they have to see one another. Because, you know, he has nephews and nieces, family. Its farms had been neglected, its towns had been sacked and besieged. Most of this wealth had been stolen and destroyed. Administration and protection had broken down. Robbers made every street unsafe at night. Highwaymen roamed the roads, kidnapped travelers, and sold them into slavery. Trade diminished, investments stood still, interest rates soared, property value fell. Morals, which had been loosened by riches and luxury, had all been improved by destitution and chaos for few conditions and more. And on and on and on he continues. You can just imagine how terrible this place was during that time. It was a mess. Interesting enough, a lot of this sounds like 2023. We need a savior in 2023. Though Jesus came 2,000 years ago, I still want him to come every single day of my life. Anybody know what I'm talking about here this morning? So after all of this happened, time passed, and Caesar Augustus actually, you know, he brought peace and stability, at least in some sort of a way, restored. Uh, now he became this political, quote-unquote, political savior that everyone looked up to and said, oh, that's the man, that's the guy. And so therefore, we come to Luke chapter 2, where now after all of this has happened, Caesar Augustus has the power to issue this decree. If, it, if none of that would have taken place, he would have no, no, no platform to be able to do this. But because everything happened in his past and with all the things that took place, now he has the authority and the power to call this census, this decree. Caesar Augustus issued a decree 
that a census should be taken. See, he brought three things into that area. He brought peace because he defeated the rivals. He brought political administrative skill. He brought order and he brought lots of money to pay all the soldiers and to help the Roman economy. But as a great man as he might have been, he's only a man. He's only a man. And this man, because he brought this stability, he demanded a very high price. He demanded absolute power over the entire Roman Empire. Story in history says that for hundreds of years, Rome was a republic. What's a republic? A republic is a nation that is governed by laws, not by man. Well, now Octavius is sitting in his throne and he's saying, ah, I don't like this. And he changes the church. In 27 BC, he arranged for the Roman Senate to give him the title of Augustus. Do you know what Augustus mean? Augustus means to be exalted, to be sacred. Church, this man wanted to be a god. So now Rome is not a republic. It's not governed by laws anymore. It is actually is an, now is an empire ruled by an emperor. And the first emperor of Rome, his name is Caesar. Augustus. Church, you got to understand all of this is taking place because there's a promise in Micah chapter 5 that needs to take place. One of his earlier titles was Imperator, which means the chief of the armed forces, but now he is an emperor. This is something about the city where Jesus is born. After all of these wars, after all of it is taking place, people are hungry for a savior. People are hungry for the world to be at peace. After 20 years of war, civil war, of the war before that, people are hungry for someone to come and take the reins and say, please deliver us. Caesar Augustus, though he did some things, church, he wasn't the one. People, you can just imagine how much the, the people suffer during that time. Longing for a redeemer, the promised king. Luke chapter 2 verse 2 says that, that this was the first census. Okay, back to the original question. How do we get Joseph and Mary, who are in a, 80 miles away, how do we get them to come to Nazareth? To Bethlehem, thank you, to Bethlehem. How do we get them from there to here? Well, verse 2. This was the first census that took place. Coincidence? No. It's all in the plan of God. Took place during Quirinius, the governor of Syria. Now, a census, the registration is described, church, they were not just simply wanting to see, well, who is alive and how many people are in your household? No, 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 no. Caesar Augustus wanted to tax everyone to regain all the power. This man wanted power, church. And in verse 3, everyone went to their own 
town to register. Look at the power of this one man, church. What an impressive thought. One man sitting in his ivory palace in Rome. He gave one command and the entire world responded to him. Just like Pastor Abelino says, wow. I love his reactions. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Just one, one command from a sitting man at a palace. I would like to have a census. And not only do we go to them, I want them to go to their town to register there. And people said, okay. What can they do? All right. Now, Caesar was a bright man. You know, he kind of softened the blow. I mean, he was asking them to come to register because he was asking for their money. But you know what kind of helped out a little bit? That they were going back to their hometown. What do you do when you go back to your hometown? You see family. You see friends. You see how, man, this man had, no, 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 no. Church, there's a promise in Micah chapter 5. And God was just ordaining everything so that that promise can be fulfilled. Church, it may well be that up to that point, there had not been any other man who had the power over so many lives like Caesar Augustus. Overall, church, Caesar Augustus accomplished some things uh, to benefit, to expand his kingdom. He expanded the territory of the Roman Empire. He wanted more power, of course. But just like every man, church, just like every movie, just like every tale, this man had, had the wrong ambition and authority. And unfortunately, he thought about himself way too much. You can just imagine him sitting and saying, wow, I have the power by my word and thousands and millions of people react to it. He said, and he thought, how powerful am I? Church, Caesar Augustus wasn't really powerful at all. <laughs> As a matter of fact, stay in chapter 2 of Luke. But in John 19, Jesus meets another big-headed uh, uh, individual who also thought he had power. Look look at this. This is, this is John 19. You stay in Luke. This is John 19, verse 10. This is uh, uh, Pontius Pilate. Speaking to Jesus after he was apprehended. Do you refuse to speak to... I don't know if he speak, spoke like that, but let's, let's just go with it, okay? Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Do you... Don't you realize... Maybe he had a little deeper voice. Don't you realize that I have power either to free you or crucify you? You, can you picture that in your head for a second, church? I have no idea what he's talking about. And then what did Jesus respond? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from where, church? Above. See, God is in control. God is in control. Tell your neighbor, God is in control. 
Who is this message for? Some of you, those of you who got a text, you got a phone call, you got a news, and you say, and something negative happened, something bad has happened, a sickness has taken place, something is not working at work, whatever the case might be, you're listening, you're hearing, and you're saying, God, where are you? Here's the answer. God is in control. God is in control. Through it all, God is in control. So, so, so I encourage you to stop the fear and the anxiety and the what's going to happen and the worry. Stop all of that. As a matter of fact, scripture says, who here gains even an inch just by worrying? Just simply step out of the way and say, God, I trust in you. I trust in your process. I don't know what you're doing, but hey, I am here. Here am I. Do as you will. Do as you will in my life. Somebody say, Amen. And so Caesar sat there in that palace and he made this decree, thinking that he was all that in a bag of chips. He thought he was the supreme exercise of his will. Oh, he was, he, he was all the ultimate flexing of his muscles. Look, I say jump, and the people say how high. But he was wrong, church. God had promised that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem, Micah chapter 2, once again. But you, Bethlehem, through you, though you are a small, um, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. His name is Jesus. His name. Is Jesus. Listen, I know. I'll ask the band to come up. I know that there's a lot of uncertainty in 2023 going in 2024. And you're wondering, God, where are you? Have you left? Are you listening? Are you with me? Are you here? Because I just got a phone call and this is happening with my family. And now we just had a fight with my other part of the family. So now Christmas is going to be just this and that. And now it's all broken. Now I've heard of this and that. Church, stop. Stop. Just simply step back and watch God move in your life because he has done it before and he will do it again. Anybody can be a witness here this morning. He has done it before and he can do it again. Scripture says that everyone went to their own town. Now, there's no, according to some commentators, there's no secular history that Augustus decree that this census and commanded it for this manner. But it is consistent with a lot of history. Augustus is known also for being very sensitive to the nationalistic feelings. In other words, he was saying, hey, I command you to your return and you better do so. You better do so. So how does a young couple from Nazareth come to Bethlehem and make this 80-mile trip? Walking church, by the way. Or maybe possibly in a mule. Oh, and by the way, Mary is pregnant. Now, to all the ladies in the house, I've, I have no say-so in this, so you be the witness. But how many of you would have traveled 80 miles walking on a mule 
when your husband says, we got to go. How many of you would have said, ah, <laughs> Ooh, you better have a Cadillac outside. Nobody here would have said yes. No one. But there's a promise that needs to be fulfilled. There's a promise. Oh, it's th this is talking to somebody here this morning. Because you woke up this morning saying, I don't know what, how I'm going to do this or, or what is this possible. There is a promise that God made for each and every one of you. And he will fulfill that promise according to his will and his power. According to his timeline. You and I just need to step back and trust the process. How do we get this couple to come an 80-mile journey? Simple. Just work. God worked through a political, quote-unquote, savior of the world. And he used him in his perfect plan. This is why, church, when I see what's happening around the world, yes, I get worried. Yes, I, I, I start to think. Yes, I started to wonder. I started to question. But you know what? I take a deep breath and I step back and I say, wait a minute. God, I trust in your plan. I trust in what you're doing. I know that you're in control of it. Maybe some of you are here and you're saying, why is this happening? Why has this happened? Church, because he has a greater plan. He does. Many rise and many fall. Many come and many go. But his plan is perfect through and through. I am going to trust him all the way through. God is in control. And he will use anything and anyone to get all the glory and all the honor and to make that promise come to life. So to those of you who are wondering why this is happening, God is in control. The Savior is coming. <laughs> to those of you who have doubt, God is in control. The Savior is coming. To those of you who are barely hanging on, God is in control. The Savior is coming. To those of you who have lost all hope, God is in control. The Savior is coming. To those of you who don't see the light of day for tomorrow, God is in control. The Savior is coming. To those of you who are going through a sickness, God is in control. The Savior is coming. To those of you who are going through marital problems, God is in control. The Savior is coming. To those of you who have chaos at home, God is in control. The Savior is coming. We also see, as you stand to your feet, that Augustus, for all his accomplishments, he couldn't really be the answer. Now, God allowed Caesar Augustus to rise to this human power. Some people might say that he prepared the way as John the Baptist did so, but as a Roman leader. But he wasn't the man. He wasn't the main character of the story. Here's why. Because at the end of the story, it is Jesus who is the important character in this. You know, 
Who in the world knows more about today? Jesus or Caesar Augustus? Jesus. In 2023, as we step back, who has a more lasting legacy? Jesus or Caesar Augustus? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And so after all of that, the promise gets fulfilled. For those of you wondering why, trust his plan. Because next week, we arrive at the big moment of Luke chapter 2. What we have all been waiting for that starts with verse 4. Father, you are sending your son.